Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast, a show dedicated to the true basketball fans, giving you unfiltered intellectual takes on the game we all love. If you like what you hear, consider subscribing to the show here on YouTube or wherever you can find a podcast. I'm your host, Hani, not joined today by my co-host, Zishan. Uh, and that's mainly because we are making some changes to our scheduling. Obviously, the regular episodes are still going to be a regular thing. But we wanted to find new ways to add more content and really be able to talk about you know, more current topics, you know, if you've kind of been following us for a while, the way our episodes are kind of structured, they're very generalized topics that Zishan and I can both give you our, our opinions on, but we don't get a lot of time to talk about things that are happening right now, or even things that we really just want to talk about. So this is going to be an ongoing series, so either I or Zishan will kind of hop on, and again, completely raw, this is going to be completely off the top of our heads, nothing going to be, there's not going to be a ton of editing or any, any of that sort, but really it's just going to be an opportunity for us to chat about, you know, current topics that we just really want to talk about. And to kick things off, the there's one topic that has been on my mind a lot ever since a few weeks ago, actually, since uh, the big blockbuster trade that went down between the Toronto Raptors and the New York Knicks. That was a trade that sent OG Ananobi from the Raptors to the Knicks uh, in exchange for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. That was a huge trade for both teams. Obviously, so far, it has kind of worked out for both teams in terms of the Knicks really needed a defensive stopper, a 3-and-D type of guy. And OG Ananobi is, a, is an elite version of that. And he now gets an opportunity to play alongside Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And so far, the fit has just been perfect for the New York Knicks. And for the Raptors side of things, you know, they needed a spark. They definitely needed more players in their starting lineup that can contribute, that can kind of score, space the floor a little bit. And Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett, not only are they young enough that they they fit Scotty Barnes' timelines, so far, the Raptors' offense has just looked so much more watchable since the trade. I think that, to me, has been the biggest takeaway. Now, yes, the Raptors haven't been winning a ton of games, um, but... You can just see the product as a whole just looks so much better because you can t- see the pieces fit a little bit better now that, you know, you don't really have too much congestion going on with the Raptors lineup. So that trade was all good. It was a bit of a blockbuster for both sides. But now for the Raptors side of things, now another question has been coming up a lot recently and for very good reason. And that's surrounding Pascal Siakam. Now, Pascal Siakam obviously is in a is he's in the last year of his deal. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. And the reality is, is that Pascal Siakam wants to remain a Raptor. He wants to resign with this team. Uh, he's been wanting an extension since last offseason. And the Raptors just seemingly just aren't really willing to have those discussions with him. Or they're just really waiting to see if a potential trade can come up and they can make a move that way. But for just to give you guys context, Pascal Siakam, as a fan, I see him as the Raptors' greatest success story in franchise history. This is a guy that was drafted with a number 27 overall pick. Uh, very little expectations. He was very raw coming out of college. Uh, not a lot of basketball experience. He started uh, games in the NBA very early in his career when he probably shouldn't have, to be honest with you. But Dwayne Casey was just like that. Uh, and, you know, Pascal worked his way. He went to the G League, obviously developed there, uh, became a defensive player of the year and an MVP in the G League, won the G League championship. Then he became a most improved player in the NBA, 
And then he also became a multi-time All-Star, a multi-time All-NBA, and he is also an NBA champion. Pascal Siakam is the epitome of the Raptors' development system. You know, they really grew this guy from basically nothing or a raw prospect into one of the best players in the league. And you know, the best part about Pascal that a lot of people don't talk about is that he wants to be a Raptor. And I think as a fan, as seeing so many star players leave this franchise, seeing Pascal want to stay here is just such an amazing thing for us fans to to see from a guy, from a, from a star level player. Now, this brings up the question that's been kind of floating around, is that what should the Raptors actually do with Pascal Siakam? Now, obviously, after the OG Ananobi trade, it really just opened up a window, a one-month span between when that trade went down and the trade deadline, which is on February 8th this year, for what the Raptors can do. And I think, at least my, opi- my opinion on what I saw from this move was that the Raptors wanted to evaluate how quickly and Barrett would fit with Siakam and Barnes because I know a lot of the rumors are kind of reporting that the Raptors are looking to trade Pascal. I argue that the Raptors are obviously listening to offers for Pascal Siakam as they should. He's an impending free agent. You don't want to have a repeat of what you'd had for uh, Fred Van Vliet last season where he walked for nothing and so you should explore the trade market. See if there is a great trade out there and we'll get to some trade in a in a minute, but I think the Raptors really wanted to see if they can truly build something with Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. Because I don't think the Raptors dislike Pascal or anything of that nature. In fact, I think it's the complete opposite. I think Masai loves Pascal. I think the organization loves Pascal, and they just want to know if Pascal's timeline fits with what they're trying to build with Scotty Barnes. And that's the big question. Now, again, the sample size has not been big enough for us to come to a conclusion whether or not Pascal and Scotty can truly play together. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the roster around them just has not been built to facilitate that to be successful. Now, can Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster change that? Absolutely. Problem is, is that the Raptors roster lacks any real valuable players that you can kind of flip around. Also, one point to mention is the Raptors do not have their first round draft pick in this upcoming draft. Uh, it is a it is given to the San Antonio Spurs unless the Raptors are just so bad that they earn a top six pick uh, in this upcoming draft. Then they get to keep the pick, but the next year's pick potentially will get converted to the Spurs. So it's a complicated situation uh, for the Raptors and. Honestly, they're just kind of stuck. They're stuck in this weird position where you have a guy who wants to be here. He wants an extension. He is, you know what he is. You know he's an all-star level player. He's at best a great number two option on a championship team. But A, how much is he how much are you gonna pay him? B, does he fit the timeline with Scotty Barnes, who you're basically all in on building around, as you should. And see, you know, how like how do you build a roster around these guys that'll maximize their potential? And all these questions are sort of the stuff that we're waiting for Masai and Bobby to really answer. Now, if you ask me for my personal opinion, uh, 
I would only trade Pascal Siakam if the return is something that I just cannot say no to. And what would that actually be? Well, obviously, you would want young young players back. I think if you look at the framework of the Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett acquisitions for OG and Anobi, that is sort of like a trade that works for both teams. You know, um, you rap, the Raptors, they don't need draft picks. They're not planning on being a tanking team like what OKC was or what, even what Utah's trying to do or San Antonio, any of these other bad teams. That's not what the Raptors are trying to do. They want to retool. They want to still accumulate young players that can grow around Scotty Barnes. And so I think, obviously, getting young pieces back is going to be the most important thing in a Pascal Siakam return. And not just any young players. I would say you need guys that are good players that, you know, given a bigger opportunity, can break out. Like Emmanuel Quickly, for example. He was a, He's a perfect example of that. Uh, and R.J. Barrett, to a lesser degree. So that's sort of what you're looking for. And, of course, a couple of draft picks here and there would be nice. Uh, but ultimately, I think the Raptors are looking for young pieces and roster players, rotational guys that they can fill into the rotation. Really really just restock the cupboard because the Raptors' development system has kind of run dry. If you, you know, the last few guys that have come up in that system are already playing or have now been moved on from the team. So now the Raptors need to restock the cupboards and find new guys to kind of replenish uh, that system. So that's what I would say the Raptors would need. Now the problem is Pascal Siakam's contract situation, you know, makes things very difficult. Mainly because he wants to resign as a, with the Raptors. He wants to be a Raptor. And again, as a fan, I would love him to be a Raptor. I do not want to be, I'm not one of those people that's saying, yes, get rid of the guy. Actually, no. And on the contrary, I really want the guy to stay. However, the fact that, that he's a free agent and the fact that, you know, if the Raptors don't keep him or don't want to sign him to an extension, well, Pascal has all the power. So if he even gets traded to a team, there's no guarantee he's going to re-sign with that team, which means that team that's trading for Pascal won't give up you know, the full price that it would cost to get Pascal if he were to stay long-term. And that's the problem that the Raptors are currently facing, where, you know, obviously they want maximum return for their best player that they have on their team. Uh, but, again, if teams aren't really going to get a guarantee from Pascal that he's going to resign there, then why would they give up valuable assets in order to do that? Uh, and from Pascal's perspective, you can't even blame him for it either. You can't blame Pascal for wanting to control his destiny and control the narrative because he has that right. He ha He's earned that right as, a, as an unrestricted free agent. So that complicates things. Now, there have been a few teams that have been in the rumor mill for Pascal Siakam. Obviously, I think the first option, and I think personally the most likely option and the best option for the Raptors would be trading with the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers have had a great start to the season. Uh, they've had one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Ty Tyrese Halliburton has really established himself as one of the league's best point guards. Uh, he's truly like not only he reminds me a lot of Steve Nash, just a playmaker who doesn't turn the ball over, can stretch the floor, can make every sort of pass, every sort of play. He's just one of those 
guys that makes everyone around him better. And I think the way the Pacers play in the you know run and gun system, Pascal would fit right in and honestly thrive with the Pacers. And the Pacers are in prime position to go out and get a star level player. They have tons of young assets. They have contracts with big salaries that they can use to match uh, match money. And they also have draft picks. So the Pacers have things that you the Raptors would want. Now, what would a framework look like? If I were to be picking, obviously, I would say Buddy Hield's contract has to be in there. I think, again, the Raptors, they don't probably won't see Buddy Hield as a long-term fit with the, with the team. But his contract, he's still a shooter, which is great for the Raptors because they definitely need, need shooters on their team. Uh, but Buddy Hield's contract would definitely have to be in there. Uh, along with one of, I would say, Jairus Walker, who was the eighth pick in the 2023 draft. Or you would go get, I would want someone like Benedict Matherin or Andrew ne- one of Andrew Nemhard, one of these guys to kind of sweeten the pot and give you that other young asset that the Raptors can use. And then, of course, you can throw in another player for salary purposes. And then, of course, maybe a, a, a first-round pick or two. That's sort of the framework that I think would work for the Toronto Raptors. Would the Pacers be willing to do that? I think they would if Pascal would be willing to resign there. And right now, we just don't know. Now, there have been other teams that have been looking to acquire Pascal. Sacramento Kings have also been interested in him. But obviously, if I'm the Raptors, I want Keegan Murray. And if Keegan Murray isn't in those conversations, then I'm probably not as interested with making a deal with the Kings. Uh, We've heard rumblings with the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons have obviously been... Very, very bad. I mean, Pistons fans, God, I feel really bad for y'all, man. It's been rough down there in Detroit. Uh, luckily, the Lions have been really good. Shout out to them for winning a playoff game. Um, but no, nah, Detroit has apparently been interested. Oklahoma City is actually very interesting if they want to make that sort of next leap sort of move. So I definitely think Oklahoma City has some pieces. But ultimately, I think Indiana seems like the front runner. They seem like the best trading partner, and the fit just seems perfect on both sides. You know, getting uh, Pascal in Indiana system to pair him with Tyrese Halliburton would be a great addition for their team because they also need a, a wing player that can play defense because, man, their defense is really bad. But I think Pascal would fit the Pacers really well, and the Raptors would also be able to get back the type of package that they'd want. But I think ultimately it just comes down to uh, will Pascal want to resign? But honestly, if I'm as a fan of the Raptors, I personally want the Raptors to resign Pascal. Maybe not for the full four years, and obviously not for full max money, ideally. But if we you can get Pascal on a decent enough number for maybe two to three years. I st- and you commit to building properly around him and Scotty Barnes, I think it could work. I think I can. you can see uh, a, a window where, you know, building with Scotty and Pascal can work, but it's just a matter of execution. And so far, the Raptors management have really just fumbled building around these guys. I think, that, I mean, honestly, I'm probably among the minority, but I think they really wanted to build with around Scotty, Pascal, and OG. It just got to the point where OG was just, his value across the league was so high that he was pricing himself out of the Raptors' capabilities. And plus, 
it just seemed like OG just wanted a fresh start. So he got to the Raptors ended up making that move. But with Pascal, I still think he's still a better can fit with Scotty Barnes. I just think it's a matter of how you build the team around them. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what the Raptors end up doing with Pascal Siakam. I'm honestly very anxious to see what the Raptors do. Uh, obviously, they desperately need to make a move. But if if a package comes by that the Raptors simply cannot refuse, then absolutely, I would say the Raptors should go ahead and trade Pascal Siakam. If not, I think you should keep guys that want to be be a part of your franchise. I think you absolutely should do them, especially when they're the best success story your franchise has ever had. But yeah, man, those are my thoughts on the Pascal Siakam trade situation. Let me know what you guys think. Do you think the Raptors should trade Pascal Siakam or do you think uh, they should keep him? Let me know either on the comment section on YouTube or on social media. But with that, that concludes this little uh, short clip. I don't know what to call these yet. I'll, I'll workshop a name a little later on. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely subscribe to the show uh, here on YouTube or wherever you can find a podcast. For more great great content from us, obviously, our episodes are going to be coming out in the future. We will be doing giving you guys an all-star pick soon. Uh, and also maybe breaking down more trade candidates in the future. So definitely subscribe for, the, for that so you don't miss out on that. Also follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at upletter n under podcast. Uh, follow us there for all the latest updates whenever we post a new episode or even when we post reactionary clips like you saw with the OGN and OB trade or any other type of big blockbuster move uh, that comes through that we want to get instant thoughts on. So definitely check that out Check that out if you haven't done so. And lastly, uh, I know things have been tough for Raptor fans, but hopefully we're getting close to the trade deadline, so things are going to be picking up and hopefully things are going to happen. But with that, that concludes this week's episode. We'll see you guys on the next one. Take it.